It's like uh, eight track Browns arguing with some fucking guy about who was uh, who was bigger, fucking Kaiju Muto or fucking Goldberg. Uh, I, I saw a little bit of that that, that Levine guy or Levine yeah. or whatever the hell Lipman maybe something like something yeah because Adam Levine he's the fucking Maroon Five guy something like that fucking Maroon Five. Um, well, I mean, like the thing, like to compare Muto and fucking Goldberg. To me, it's a mute point. I mean, why are you even arguing that? Well, yeah, and, and, and but it's 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 a great example of Goldberg. His star absolutely burned brighter than Muto's, absolutely. But when you look at longevity, I mean, Goldberg's run was what four years in total. Muto's been around for like fucking thirty. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I get that, but I mean, what, what's what's the point behind it? Uh, is it the fucking some, shit out of me, man. I, I don't know. Some way still trying to justify that absolute hot garbage mess that they ran out there last night? Because in no way does Goldberg's overall popularity outweigh the fact that he was out there rambling nonsense that really had no point oh, inside of the... was? was go- because Goldberg was on last night? No, he came out and challenged Drew. He's going to challenge for the belt at the Rumble. Get the fuck out of here. Well, here's the best part. You're Even serious inside- right now? Yeah. He's going to challenge Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. That, that was the whole point. That's why he is... Oh, my here. fucking Christ. So here's... Uh, last night was the, the first time. It God, was probably, I hate that uh, company it, so much, dude. It was an all-time... Well, I, I think inside of itself for a novelty right now, you're trying to draw some eyes. You're trying to get some interest. I, I'm actually... You know, I'm, I'm okay with the move. The execution was so piss poor in this thing. Oh, my God. Uh, first of all, I Legends thought you were ribbing me. No, Legends Night, they had... They I had just remembered that it was Legends Night. Like, you're, 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 this is a genuine reaction. Like, what? Yeah. Um... They, they had advertised, man, I'm telling you, man, it was over a dozen names. Oh, my God. That they had advertised. And obviously, your big headliners in there, you had Flair, you had Hogan. Uh, you had all the way to Tori Wilson. Uh, she looked phenomenal. She uh, makes James look great. I'll tell you, you look good to Taka. Really? Uh, if this guy, if his independent bookings don't fire up right now, uh, I even sent it to a few people. I said, what's it take to book to Taka? Looks fucking phenomenal right now. Fuck. Uh, he looked great, but they had all these people. But you know, usually for a Legends Night, they they run them about this time of year to try to pop a rating. The nostalgia feel. Oh my god! And even the Legends themselves are usually good for a good pop. This was the worst one ever. Uh, most of them were standing around and passing as other people walked by. Half of the list didn't even get an actual interaction until the very end, where it was just standing on a stage watching the main event. No one was really involved in the story. Flair was in a storyline. He cost, Charlotte got pinned by uh, um, Peyton Royce. And, oh my and God, she, that's almost as bad as Goldberg challenging Drew McIntyre for the well, WWE Championship. And, and then Charlotte just goes off on him, like, get out of my face. Don't don't talk to me anymore. But I like disowning him there because he was out there flirting with Lacey. You know, it, well, it was Lacey was, antag- was the antagonist in it. You know, she, she was going after him. It, it was terribly executed. Uh, so at the and then throughout the night, the running theme throughout the show, and this was kind of entertaining. It plays to the character. It, it's it's what he's about. Is Randy Orton's going up to these different legends that are there, and like he goes okay. up to the Big Show. You know, he said, "Hey, uh, already legend status? W- weren't you just working a match this year?" You know, it's like, "Hey, you How's know, on heart." <laughs> and you know, he's telling, he's like, "Hey, are you going to declare yourself, uh, you know, in the Rumble?" Oh no, you're not. 
you're a legend now. You're, you're, you're on the sideline. And then he goes, he's doing the same, he does the same thing to Mark Henry. So Randy's walking around the entire night just being, he's being Randy Orton. Right. Randy so all these Randy. legends. Yeah. So then they go out and have the main event, the, the psychology inside the match. What was uh, the main you're event? You're typical. You're, you're, oh, Keith Lee had earned an uh, opportunity to challenge Drew McIntyre. Okay. And, and they that. had, I think, think, well, they got like 30 plus minutes. Good for them. Elite Lee is not working like a big man. Oh, he uh, never they, has. They're, they're trying, I know. I mean, but that was not the part of the point, you know, that in television and big man, big man presentation, why he's been getting re-upped at the Performance Center. Uh, the match itself, uh, yeah, I mean, it was for your modern fan. They enjoyed it. You, you look across the consensus across the internet, people enjoyed that. What we understand, you know, sitting the learning tree from Hameen, from Silvio, from Strangler, from Beast, whatever the case might be, very flawed. Uh, just in some of the the logic inside of uh, how they structured it and all that. But right. uh, so they have all the the legends out on the stage watching this thing for some reason. I guess, yeah, this was a big moment. Keith Lee's getting, you know, you should be tuned in. This is why they're all here. It's one of our biggest, we're kicking off the new year. We got a huge WWE championship match. Okay. All so right. Drew, Drew picks up the win. And then Goldberg comes out and starts cutting this promo about how Drew has shown nothing but disrespect to legends. What? And he's a young, yeah, it has nothing. Randy Orton's the one been running around like this, but then he's acting like Drew's been running around since he won the belt. Uh, it's high, if anything, Drew's been one of the most respectful babyface champs that we've had in a long time. Wait, so they're they're trying to make Drew the heel against Goldberg? I, I, they're just trying to. I think that was the point, and then Drew kind of fires back. Like I think he was even like, "What the fuck is this old dude talking about?" I, I haven't seen a Jew that confused since Uncle Leo when he's shoplifting. Oh my god. Yeah. So, and and then Drew kind of fires back. He's like Goldberg. He said, "You had your time all those years ago. I'm not going to deny how hot you were." He's like, "But if I fought you now, I'd be like beating up my dad." Right. So Goldberg's like, "Oh, beating up your dad!" and pushes him. You're next. And, and, uh, he didn't even get to that. Drew falls on his ass, and they're up against the clock, and they cut. Oh my god! I'm so happy I just watched it, Japan. It was the. And I know it seems like people say this every week, and I wholeheartedly mean it right now. It was the worst Raw, at least uh, of the last decade that I've seen. Oh, my God. I've been watching Raw since the very beginning. I'm not going to sit here and say I've seen every one of them. I know there were some bad ones through you know those early years when they were trying to find a new direction and as they were trying to get into the Attitude Era, as we were making our way to the Attitude Era. But it, it's done. And I know it was a bold, bold statement that, that Hameen made a couple weeks ago when I was asking him how to, how do we fix this thing? You don't. And he's, he's that's, and that was what Hameen said. He said, you know what? It's time to dump it. Yeah, you don't. At this cancel, point. cancel Raw, find something new, find a new direction. Every, everyone's going to freak out to hear that because of the nostalgia and all the, the investment, the longest running episodic program. They you know need what? to completely reinvent themselves. It's not worth shit right now. Yep. You've dumped other major programs, weekly programs that you had. Really, the only event property brand that they have that is remotely is Mania. Is worth half a shit is WrestleMania. Yep. 
And that's more the name than the product at this point. Yeah. Wow. It's it, 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 They have to dump it. I mean, it, it is an all-time low. It, it was the first time that I actually felt like I was watching WCW 2001. That's how low it was. Uh, some good news for WWE. Uh, it, they probably have got the best rub. The company's got the, the best rub that it has in the last decade. And if there is any potential for a crossover here, it would be the biggest crossover that they've ever had. Cardi B is actually tweeting about them. Oh, boy. I don't think it's a bad thing. I know a lot of those purists in the bubble, they're freaking out. If you're any property brand and you're getting some kind of shine, some kind of rope from Cardi B right now, lover or hater, you got to make it a positive. Now, that's my worry there. You have something like, I mean, who would think Cardi B would just, because what they did was, Tori Wilson had mentioned uh, they were misleading, oh man, what's his name? Uh, is it Garza, the 24-7 oh, yeah. champion? I know you don't know who the champ is, but I think. So he's he's giving out the roses, mm-hmm. and he approaches uh, Tori Wilson. She said, well, I, I really can't accept that right now, but I'm here with with Cardi and Grande. They're right. They're over in, you know, dressing room, blah, blah, blah. And he's fallen for it by, you know, goes out to this rose. He goes in there to this boogeyman. Well, immediately fans start. You know, retweeting the, you know, tweeting the clip, right? Tweeting Cardi, and she gets it, and she starts answering back. Of course, she's she like, does. well, she said, oh no, she's having fun with it. She played into it. She's like, how? She's like, you know, like, goddamn. She said, Vince McMahon, this is wasn't supposed to be how I debuted. They ruined it. You know? She is she's a talking. To, she's talking about. Is she like Sasha? She's an absolute media whore, and if there is an opening. For a new fan base who may not know who she is, she's going to fucking take it. I mean, she's no different than Gene Simmons was back in the 1970s with Kiss. If it could have Kiss's name on it, it should have Kiss's name on it. Uh, And there's nothing wrong with that. Just realize what it is that she's doing. Uh, You know? Right. As long as you realize that, and that's, hey, it's carny business, right? Goddamn right. As, uh, you know, as, you know. If you could put Kiss's name on it, slap it on it, man. Fuck yeah. If you can, if you can slap a WAP on it, yep. slap a WAP on it. WAP-a-mania. And one, Gene Simmons actually wrote a self-help book, which is absolutely fucking hilarious when you hear it, like, you know, on the surface. But he actually says in the book that typically his day would start by opening his eyes and immediately thinking, how can I make money today? What the hell's wrong with that? And I mean, when you think of the marketing genius that is Gene Simmons and what he has done for Kiss and the Kiss brand, they are still selling out concerts. They are still touring. They're still raking in shit tons of merch fucking checks. I mean, it's it's insane. He has built an empire off of this rock band who never had a number one song. You when know? it when it comes when it comes to music brands, w- would you say that Kiss is the the most recognizable of all time? Just because of, just because of the strategies that they employed, I would say it would be between Kiss and the Stones, and the fucking tongue logo that the Stones yeah. have had. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's something so simple as that too. I mean, you look what, and you look across the board, other businesses that have propelled like that. It is that shameless brand promotion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Coca Cola really took off out. You know, just went so far ahead of their competitors because of merchandising and polar bears. You know, yeah. their, their T-shirt sales, how they tied themselves in the Christmas. Yeah, and Pepsi did it on Cindy Crawford's ass. I mean, like Cindy Crawford absolutely made Pepsi and they've, they've been made since. Well, I, but you know, it was that it, it kept them in the running, but they've never been able to, they'll never be Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. And, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if they actually sell more Pepsi than Coca-Cola when you start getting into like, you know, like Mountain Dew and like uh, yeah, all, all the proprietary subjects thereof. But Pepsi will never be the brand that Coca-Cola is. Never. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you, when you go for the whole family of beverages, I mean, because yep. Pepsi is a distributor of like Gatorade. Yeah. I, it, it's huge. It's a, it, a huge business. Right. And then Mountain Dew is probably one of the most, you know, the most popular. Yep. But what do you think of the leader? You think of it's that standout. You, you yep. think of the icon, what's on the marquee, and it's You go down Coca-Cola. south. And the answer might be Pepsi, but they will ask you what kind of Coke you want. Well, Texas, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's I mean, Coke. What, well, do, what do they call it where you're from? Um, it, it, it's really hit and miss. Um, some people call it pop. To me, it'll always be soda. You know, it, it's, uh, just, it's it's a blend here. You get either one. I always, always just say soda pop. Yeah, for me, it's a soda. Grab me a soda. It's like gender neutral. I yeah, just put them exactly. both Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We were way ahead of the fucking house. Did you see that shit that they put that in the fucking rules for the house for this Congress? I was going to send you that, but I know we had so much shit on the run. Fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, we should probably start the show, don't you think? Well, I figured that was a hell of a uh, B-roll. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Hit the open. The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gaijin, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Hitting the Marks podcast right here at the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, Hameen Media online, hackerhameen.podbean.com, Hameen Media Group.podbean.com. I am the now award-winning Dr. Jargo. I will be your host for the day. That's my tag team partner. He's the real RBV, Rick. Welcome to the first show of 2021, man. Happy New Year. Well, yes, the uh, the order the beat of the beat, Richard Bronson Vickery. Uh, I, I would like to officially check in safe. Uh, I am in an undisclosed, secure location, a Hameen bunker 
all monitors tuned in to uh, what do we got here? We, we've got Fox News, we've got CNN, we got Local Five, we, we've got Comedy Central, we've got all the the marquee stations where you pick up your news coverage. And, and brother, I'm I'm just hoping to survive the uh, the political pandemic that that is sweeping this country right now. I, I assume that you're talking about the potential of Trump withdrawal system. Um, which is actually becoming a thing. Trump withdrawal syndrome. I mean, check on your fellow news reporters, check on your political journalists because they are having a real hard time right now with the possibility of Donald Trump no longer being in office. It's the last hurrah. We will get to uh, all that is the world of American politics here very, very shortly. And of course, we've got a mink update. You bet the fucking mink. They're back. They're back. We we, we can't get rid of this story. It's crazy, man. This is what the third show that we've done on the mink now. Uh, I think I think we've we've probably touched base on these the uh, the undead minks probably four maybe five times already. Absolutely crazy. And then we've got a special guest this week for HTM Sports uh, as we we bring Brother Javid on and uh, we we talk about what's going on in the Hamid Media Group because there's a huge change happening that we we want everybody to kind of get the intricacies of. But of course, we got to start with the weekend update. And, And Huckleberry, this is like one of the best weekends of the year. Because I'm on motherfucking vacation. That's right. I ain't been to work since Friday morning. I ain't going back until Wednesday night at 11 p.m. And man, let me tell you, I've watched a whole lot of Japanese professional wrestling. It's been absolutely fantastic. And other than that, I have sat my ass on that motherfucking couch. It is great, man. I get to like sleep like a normal person aside from getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to watch Japanese professional wrestling. But, you know, like... Who knew? Like, did you know that the sun shines during the day? It's crazy. I I was going to say, what a vacation, Jargo style. Uh, You spend it in in lovely, as now Ben Hamin has dubbed it, the land of the setting sun. You spend it in beautiful Japan via way of in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great, man. It's pretty great. Now, on your vacation, Jargo, I got to. How many times have you actually left? The Jargo compound. How many times have you actually stepped off the property? Um, I went to the gas station today to go get cigarettes. And I think that's it. I think that's it. I think once. There we go. Yeah, it, it, it's a staycation, man. But it's Wrestle Kingdom weekend. So, yeah, all is good and right with the world. We will have a full wrap-up coming up on Destino later on this week. It is insane, the show that I am planning for the Wrestle Kingdom Rewind, because, Rick, everybody wants on this show. And like I, I've got people texting me, whether it be, you know, Mighty Joe Morin from Turnbuckle Talk, whether it be 8-Track Black up in Minnesota, hell, even Cracker Track Brown sent me a text earlier today, and he was like, you're doing a Wrestle Kingdom update? Because I want in on the Wrestle Kingdom update, because Kota fucking Ibushi is the IWGP World Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion, all is right with the world. Now fucking Sonata thinks that he's going to come and take the belts from Kota Ibushi? Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like... Like, that's going to happen. The Great Sonata is going to fucking take on... No, come on, that's not happening. And tonight is my favorite wrestling show of the year, New Year's Dash. It is like my fucking Christmas, Huckleberry. I am so happy today because New Year's Dash is in the morning. We're less than like 12 hours from New Year's Dash. 
Yeah, it's amazing to, to, to hear once again. You're, you are like a kid at Christmas there, Jarko. The, the excitement, the enthusiasm back in your voice as you talk about professional wrestling. And this is a beautiful part of a new year, especially with New Japan Wrestling, because it does mean new beginnings. And I got to tell you, I know you, you've got a plethora of guests that are lined up. You're going to be running the gauntlet there. I'm anticipating it's going to be a tremendous listen for the Destino Dash. Yes, it'll be it'll be absolutely fantastic. Kota Ibushi and Switchblade Jay White tore the freaking house down this morning. Went like 48 minutes, the longest main event in Wrestle Kingdom history. And tomorrow, Rick, this one's going to be fun because this is kind of a tease for next week. Um, Carly and I are making our middle daughter Justice and her girlfriend a cake for their one year anniversary. And uh, what we're going to try, we're going to do a rainbow cake. It's going to be seven fucking layers, one color for like, you know, each color of the goddamn rainbow. We ordered two pounds of buttercream frosting. We got two pounds of fondant coming in. We've got watercolors and all kinds. It is going to be an insane day at the Jargo house tomorrow. It's going to be New Year's Dash and fucking cake. You ever made a seven layer cake, Huckleberry? Uh, I can't say I made a seven layer cake. I have made a seven layer burrito. Ooh, uh, now but, this but intrigues I, me greatly, but but I would I would enjoy trying sinking my teeth and uh, tantalizing those taste buds inside of a seven layer cake. Yeah, well we'll we'll, we'll see. I think what I'm going to try to do I'm going to try to set up a, a camera so I can kind of get some video of of this cake making process, and uh, I, maybe we'll put that up on the PW Hustle YouTube because I have a feeling it's going to be absolutely fucking hilarious. Huckleberry, what, what, what'd you do for New Year's, man? What, what, what do you got going on aside from being in, you know, Bunker Hameen? Hey, you're all fired up over there. New Japan's got you living on cloud nine. Well, here in the great state of the OHIO, plenty of reason to celebrate over the weekend here. And that's absolutely and exactly what we did. You know, going back to Friday. Oh, yeah. That team that shouldn't have been there. That one that one head coach in the no had ranked number 11. Put in a the nation. Yes, uh, they're number 11, all right, as on, on the calendar. They will be playing on January 11th for the national championship. The Ohio State Buckeyes set to lock horns with the Crimson Tide. It's going to be a hell of a showdown. The entire state of Ohio excited for this one. It, it, it should be, you look at the talent on each each side of the field. You, you look at this thing, the tail of the tape. This thing should be an absolute brawl. I know we're going to jump into a little bit the show as we are joined by our, our handicap expert here at the Hobby Media Group, JB from Cage Theory. We're going to get into all that. But, you know, in addition to that, for the first time in 18 years, 18 long years, Northern Ohio you can rejoice. They are celebrating up on Lake Erie. The Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs. Now, I, I don't want to get you know too far ahead of anyone here. They are very realistic about what is upcoming here this weekend. But, hey, what's the slogan right now? It's playoffs, baby. Just get in. And right now, after 18 years, Browns fans, they are celebrating. They absolutely they have earned that this week. Uh, so they're going to enjoy the ride. Heading into the game this weekend against the rivals, the hated, just across the border, Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Hey, and then down here in Cincinnati, you know, they, they might have lost on New Year's Day, but a, a valiant effort. They, they they made the city so proud, the Cincinnati Bearcats, going out and, and just falling just a little short to the Georgia Bulldogs. And then for the Bengals, a, a little bit of a, a toast because the season's over. It, it's finally done. <laughs> it, it is, you know, the old, the old saying here in Cincinnati – when the pitchers and catchers report. But yeah, you know, for me over the weekend, you know, in addition, the, the perfect compliment for all of that sports and really for any uh, of life's big occasions, it's always about the food, right, baby? You know, especially here, RBV Fitness. And I and I had an incredible weekend of, of delightful treats. It, it, starting Friday, you know, last week we talked about New Year's Day traditions. What are, what are those good eats for the RBV? Now, wait, wait, wait. Now, are, are your New Year's Day eats... Is that dictated by whether or not there is a relevant state of Ohio football game happening on that day? No, no. And maybe a twist in how they're presented and where and when you enjoy them. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, you know, one of the things that is a staple for me to ring in my new year, just going back really to a tradition that started in some of the circles I ran in the bars, got to have them White Castles. Well, you know, this year with that, did some homemade sliders. Mighty tasty. Got an incredible recipe. You can make those at home. So anyone out there listening to us, uh, if you don't have a White Castles in your area, you know, hit me up on social media at the Real RBV. I'll shoot you over the recipe. You can make these things right at home. They are damn near identical. So we had those. Uh, we had some. Uh, these The names of these kind of vary from region to region. Uh, Hanky Panks. Shit on the shingle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. It had those, had a nice pepperoni and cheese tray, um, salami rolls. I mean, it, you talk about, you know, just a, a small little gathering, kind of tailgate atmosphere for Friday. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Saturday night, oh, baby. A um, medium, perfectly cooked, seared, beautiful, succulent New York strip. Succulent. Oh, yeah, baby. Now, hey, I'll tell you, while the steak is, you know, the steak gets all the attention. It's the main event. It's the marquee. When you get to that baked potato, here's a little trick for you out there. You know, most people, most people, you know, they'll just cook it whole. You know, you wrap it and you, you wrap it, toss it in the oven or however you're going to take care of that thing. You, you got to slice it prehand before. And you got to get some of those toppings and seasonings in there before. But when you slice that thing, just don't go down the middle. You want to spiral cut this thing. So, so you kind of got like a blooming onion. This thing's going to blossom for you. You throw your butter, whatever, you, your peppers, your seasonings in there. Then you wrap it. Then you cook it. That's how you set it off. That's how it takes you to that next level. Then I brought it home on Sunday. And I went out to a local local place, Chandler's Burger Bistro. Man, you, you want to talk about lighting it on fire this weekend. And I got the Boss Hog pulled pork sandwich. I mean, this thing in massive chunks of, of smoked pulled pork. Uh, I got it smothered in a Carolina gold sauce. Uh Grilled onions on there, extra jalapeno, and then melted ghost pepper cheese, baby. Oh, man, I, I was living large. RB Fitness all the way this weekend. I mean, couldn't get any better. And then you had, you know, Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday, you got all the drama of the NFL as we're getting ready to look for the playoffs. I mean, it was over-the-top football, over-the-top flavors. I actually watched football this weekend. It was like the first weekend all season because the problem is I flip my schedule around on Sundays, right? Because I go back to third shift. So I typically try to be in bed by like, you know, 2 o'clock Central Time, 3 o'clock Central Time. And so I'm going to bed at like halftime of the first set of games. 
So I just, I, I don't get to watch football the way that I like to watch football. I just end up watching everything through clips and talk shows and reading fucking scorecards and shit, you know? I tell you, this this week, I mean, it was, you go across That's the crazy. Uh, you go across the board. There were a number of games to keep your eye on here. And one of the things I fell in love this season, and I admittedly, I really didn't start getting that hyped up until, you know, we got into like week 12. Things are really starting. All right. We're getting a good visual of what's going to happen in the inside of these playoffs. Man, that red zone is a savior. It's pretty awesome. You know, it takes you into the the moments you need to be paying attention to in each of those games. But yeah, this week across the board, must see games as you had in each in the AFC and the NFC. You had a handful of teams fight for that again. I don't want to get away too much from hashtag HTM sports. But yeah, it's incredible watching. We're going to get into all that a little bit later. My favorite stat that I saw this weekend, Aaron Rodgers threw like 48 touchdowns this year. The Packers punted. 46 times. Aaron Rodgers had more touchdown passes than the punter had punts. That's a ridiculous statistic. Just ridiculous. He's got to be the MVP, right? I would say, hey, man, that's the reason they're they're riding into this postseason with the number one seed. Uh, and, and now more than ever in the history of the NFL, the importance placed on that number one. And you know what? I, I kind of I've, – I've jumped sides here. I think I like the seventeen format. Really? I think I do. I think I don't. But we'll have to evaluate after this week's games and see how good they actually are. That that will certainly help. Let's uh let let's hit this election stuff because we got some fun election stuff going down this week too. Hell, I mean by next week the entire United States might be on fire, and I kind of mean that as like you know a metaphor, but not really. Uh, I was going to say, I, can we call it election stuff? I mean, this, I don't you know, this isn't even like the Royal Rumble. This is all out rumble in the It's jungle. the Elimination Chamber, dude. That's what, that's what we got going on here. It's the Elimination Chamber, and we're starting with the Senate. So as of this recording, I, I looked right before we started recording. It's red team up by about 88,000 votes. That, that translates into basically two points if you're looking at the scoreboard. Um, with a lot of precincts still out. And of course, a lot of them are going to be when, when you get into like Atlanta and whatnot. Um, Rick, this thing is going to be close. I, I don't know if we will know who the senators are from the state of Georgia by the time we record next week. I think it's going to be that freaking close. Oh, and, and how history, even as short-term as it may be, how how history tends to repeat itself, I'm pretty sure that you uttered those exact same lines going back to the, the first few episodes here as we relaunch the Hitting Marks podcast when we were talking about the presidential election. Yeah. And it, we didn't know if, you know if we would have a winner when we were recording this show, going into the new year, and obviously still – uh, we're in agreement, but there are many out there that would debate us on that, that who our president will be, uh, that who's going to be assuming the office there. But you have know, so much on the line here in Georgia. And, and I wasn't kidding earlier. You know, it, it's been all screens locked and loaded to try to get all perspectives. Yeah, because get a, it's crazy. A sound yeah. understanding of what's truly happening down there. I mean, and, and if, I, if you want to live in the twilight zone for a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, like if you are a Fox News watcher, flip over to MSNBC for about six hours. 
and, and, and just watch how things are covered. And then flip over to CNN. And then, you know, flip over and watch the news hour on PBS. And, and just watch NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox News, all of your mainstream outlets and watch them during the day. Don't watch them at night. Don't watch these these opinion assholes. Don't watch fucking Sean Hannity. Don't watch fucking Rachel Maddow. Don't watch fucking Anderson Cooper. Like, go and watch the actual news during the day for a couple of hours on each network and watch how differently they are covering all of these events. And you wouldn't believe that you are in the same fucking country. It's insane. Well, and I think what's... What you'll really notice is if you don't go in there looking to to disagree or agree with, and I, I love how you put it out there, your later your evening shows that are these rating ragers that we week weekly we see topping the charts. There, uh, I don't even want to call them journalists; they're, they're a, a agenda specialists. Oh man, so, some of these agenda people just piss me off. And so, but it, you know, if you go in with that open mind and you really just want to listen, and, and you pull your and you look at the strategies they employ, and and the points they're trying to push, and those underlining details, each platform that you watch, they could sound completely different. When you get down to that core base, they're pretty much preaching the same BS here. The one that kills me is fucking Sean Hannity because I can listen to Sean Hannity. But if I have to look at his smug fucking face with his perfect fucking hair, I, 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 I want to fucking murder him. Like, it, it's insane. Like, he just enrages me. But as long as I don't see him, I'm fine. But the one thing that he does that pisses me off consistently every night, he starts off with a breaking news update. And tells you what they've been talking about all fucking day on the fucking news. It's not breaking news, Sean. But man, that graphic grabs you. Just breaking news tonight. Woo. And it's well, it's you, you. As we go back to those ratings, you look at that spike. It is breaking news to millions of viewers that are tuning in simply for that Hannity take. Exactly. That's the thing. They're tuning in strictly to watch that fucking asshole. They don't watch all fucking day. They don't actually watch the news. They get their news from these opinion assholes. And that's why everything is so fucking skewed because the people on MSNBC are not telling you the same thing that the people on Fox are telling you or the people on CNN are telling you or the people on PB. And it's just whatever station it is that you're watching, that is your view of the fucking news. And it's insane to me to watch the differences. It, it's you you peel everything back. You get down to that, that ooey gooey nugget core, and, and their agendas, in, whatever well, that their agenda is. Okay, but the the tactics employed, you know how they are pitching these, how they're pulling in those consumers. There really is no difference between a Hannity and an Anderson. Nope, nope. There's no difference whatsoever. None. Just whatever the agenda is. That's the only difference. They're just shilling for whatever it is that they are told. Well, it, it, I, what I, it, the most important part I think about while you and I are conversating about this is the message that we're trying to relay here 
is to open your minds to these different platforms, but understand the same formulas that are being employed here. Because once you're capable of doing that, you begin to think for yourself. And that is the most dangerous weapon in America is an individual who is absolutely capable of processing information from both sides, filtering out the bullshit and looking at a reality on any given subject, any given issue that they're trying to pitch out here to us. And it's crazy because if you look at the map in Georgia, right, it's like 98% red. And then you get into the, the large cities like fucking Atlanta and it's blue. And it's it's just the population of those cities is so much greater than it is rurally. But it's just insane to look at that map and to see how divided it is, even just isolated inside of Georgia. Absolutely. You go anywhere across these great states of ours and you're going to run into those issues. Same in Iowa. You know, I'm sure, you know, looking at your map, it, it's, it's red, Iowa red, City, red. Cedar Rapids, Des Moines, and the Quad Cities. And, and you it's know me, I, I, and regularly, I regularly make that drive through Ohio, four and a half hours, essentially from one corner to the other. And it, it's amazing. We, we regularly talk about it as we're traveling. You get through, you know, Hamilton County, uh, where Cincinnati is at. You go Cincinnati, you go to where Dayton is at. You go through Columbus, you get into... The Cleveland County area, where they're they're not county, but uh, Calhoga is the county where Cleveland is. You, you see where they're representing blue uh, this past election cycle. You know it's it's Biden over strong. All in between, where you know they typically refer to as God's country. Here in Ohio, you got the flatlands. It's you know where the green crops grow. You get the the golden grain. The farmers out there. You see it everywhere. The billboards. It's the Trump train. You know, they're, they're mounting them up in their own on their own property. It, it's simply incredible. But you look at those high populous areas, and it's not even so much the, the, the populace. It's a social class. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's just, it, it, it's crazy to actually look at it broke down when you get down to that county level on some of these maps. And look how much of it's red and how much of it's blue. And it's like, you would just think just to look at it, oh, well... The red killed them. Like, it, it, it's not even close. But you just look at those population densities, and it's just absolutely freaking crazy. Um, I, I don't know when we're going to know a winner out of Georgia. Because at this point, it looks like it's going to be one or two points. And I'm not really sure which way it goes, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to split. I, I, I do not think that we're going to get one Democrat senator and one Republican senator. I think it's going to go both of them. It's either going to be two Democrats or two Republicans, and that's going to decide the majority in the Senate, which I will argue with anybody until I'm blue in the face, is actually more important than who is sitting inside of the Oval Office. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And that's the bigger picture here. So many people are, are just getting so... I don't say lost, but overwhelmed with this presidential issue that it is just it's overshadowing what's of real importance here. And that is, you know, you the Senate, the control there. And 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 that's what these sides, especially, you know, the Democrat side is trying to play to now. And that's they want Trump down there acting kind of a clown because that focuses on him where 
Pelosi's been on that high horse preaching this thing should be damn. She's like, we got to have that control by any means necessary. And that's a lot of the, you know, the tactics that we're seeing employed or that are under question from the democratic party here. Well, I mean, Chuck Schumer said, you know, first we take Georgia and then we change America because Chuck Schumer then would become the majority leader in the house. Yeah. And they're absolutely playing their cards here. Jerry, you just asked a very important question when about winners and losers. I have the answer for you right here, sir. Uh, a loser is America. Because what we are seeing play out here in front of our very eyes, it doesn't matter who claims these votes. We are seeing a, a mockery, an embarrassment, a downright disgusting disgrace made of our, of our system, our, our political, our judicial our simple American way of life is getting a $5 face slap right now. And I'm not holding one side accountable. I'm holding all accountable for what we're seeing here. If it's, if it's Trump bickering back and forth over a recorded phone call, continue, you know. Well, and like just with Georgia, right? Like I've obviously been watching this race very, very closely because we know what is at stake here. Right, that with the majority control in the Senate, at least three of these four seem like they're just awful fucking people. You know, like three of the four. I'm just, how are you even in this race? And I'm not even going to tell you who the who the odd one out is. You can make your own freaking conclusions, but three of the four just seem like they're awful fucking people. Well, politics is a dirty game, my friend. I'm on record here on the show, regular saying, you know, I don't need Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts as my representatives. I I need people that are results driven. They're looking at that bottom line that are going to get the job done. But when I say that, that doesn't mean sacrificing what we have earned as a society here in America and, and what legally is given to us just insane the the number of people and, and we're even seeing it with the vaccines right like people are talking about how the the vaccine rollout has been just it, it's been so mishandled and the trump administration has handled this so poorly well the trump administration actually got the states their doses and the states are having a hard time figuring out what in the fuck to do they just want the federal government to sit there and hold their goddamn hands that's not how this country is supposed to work it's absolutely jargo and that's that's another sad state i I regularly see this and i've seen it from some of these talking heads across the board yeah I, I, i expect that from you know a liberal platform because they do want that that big brother government. But I'm seeing it here on Fox News. I'm seeing it from other red platforms that you know this is this now is a need. This is a, a national need. They need to step in. I to me, when we get to that point, shame on you individually. If you're a state that has mishandled this, you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and call them out because you look at the stories where we are seeing probably the, the most misuse of the distribution of these vaccines or those that are having the most trouble with, with their medical field, assisting their professionals, it's New York and California. Well, you saw what happened in Wisconsin, right? With, with, with the guy who accident, he accidentally left the vaccine out instead of refrigerating it. Yeah, he accidentally did that because he was afraid that it was going to manipulate people's DNA. 
that is the reason that he accidentally forgot to put well, him back in the freezer. They, they have gone back here, and I'm glad you brought that up, you know, because that was a story that kind of broke after we had recorded after last week's episode released, kind of off the radar with me here. But it, yeah, accidentally, and then you know they actually got him to confess. You know, it's the accident was the accident was 100 intentional. Yeah, it it. it, it it wasn't a work. It was a shoot. And to me, how dare he? Uh, and, and I don't this isn't about if you agree with the vaccine. 100% agree, man. Where, where does this individual have it in his right to try to manipulate and force his opinion in, on his ways on others? That goes to both sides. That is absolutely disgusting. He should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, serving serious jail time for what he has done. That plays into exactly what we're talking about here in Georgia and what we're starting to see form in D.C. right now. You've got buses from around this country, groups traveling there, getting ready for demonstrations. Down in Georgia, you've got issues with I'll – go, I'll go ahead and call on this because it's an attack on our system, terrorist groups that are calling in threats in voting jurisdictions, trying to deter people from going out there and letting their voice be heard. I, I don't care whose side you are, what you are representing, what you're trying to push. That is absolutely disgusting. That is what's absolutely wrong with this entire situation. And that inside of its core, and I continue to see this as individuals like you and I try to push just this open-minded thought process that people still want to go back. Well, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump, I'm not talking about that. Yes, you know I voted for Trump. I lean more conservative. I'm coming out to you right now and telling you this is complete bullshit. And you still want to go back and beat that red and blue dead-ass horse. We got bigger issues here. Yeah, we we certainly do. Um, let's talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be potentially one of the biggest days in American history. And I don't say that necessarily lightly. Um, on January 6th is when Congress will gather to count the votes from the Electoral College. If both a senator and a House representative object to those votes, those votes are set aside and then it triggers this entire other process where both the House and the Senate have to separate and they debate on their own for two hours and then they come back and they hold a vote. Things are going to get fucking crazy tomorrow um, because we now know that there are over a hundred members of Republican representatives in Congress who are going to object to votes in, I believe it is now six states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona. Did I say all of them? Is that all of them? Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, is, it, is there one more in there? I feel like there should be one more. Alaska, possibly. I regardless, Hawaii? they are right. going to object to this vote, um, and the left wing media is completely freaking the fuck out about this, um, and not telling you that there hasn't been a Republican president since the '80s seated without a Democratic objection two votes from specific states, um, but they're, they're just acting like this has never happened before. 
that's bullshit too, because if you actually go back to an election in the 1800s, this has happened before. Um, and if it would actually come down to it, we could end up with, you know, a President Biden and Vice President Pence. That is absolutely a situation that could play itself out as the House of Representatives would eventually take a vote to determine the president and the Senate then would vote to determine the vice president. Here's where things get incredibly messy. The votes are tabulated by state. So every state has one vote. If you actually look at the state representative delegation inside of the House, there are 30 Republican states. There is actually a constitutional path that could be taken to where Donald Trump would remain in office and be inaugurated for his second term on January 20th. Rick, I don't think that is going to happen, but it is a possibility. And if that possibility comes true, we're going to light this motherfucker up. I mean, that's, that's straight up what is going to happen. This country will be on fire. Uh, absolutely. You know, it, it kind of doing, going back a little history 101 as you're talking about where no candidate is able to to obtain the votes needed through the Electoral College. Uh, this has happened three times in our history. And the last time, as you said, Jargo, way, 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 way back, uh, 1824. Uh, let's see. Who was that there? It, who was it between? Oh, I, I don't have any of the information pulled up. I have nothing. Well, I, I know involved in it. I, I, it was uh, Adams and Jackson is who it came down to. And I, I think possibly Adams that end up winning this thing. Well, we talk about, you know, we're talking about crooked politics and some bad and, and ruthless dudes. Andrew Jackson involved in that thing. Well, and uh, just, here, here's one of talk, the crazy you things. You talk about right? a bad, a bad SOB. I mean, this guy was an absolute, uh, my, I just maniacal mind, military, just a beast. I mean, this guy, he would go into Indian villages and burn everybody alive. Like, here's the thing that I'm really, really interested in watching. Okay. Because I still assume Joe Biden will be confirmed to be inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States on January 20th, 2021. I believe that is going to happen. However, I also expect that when that happens, Donald Trump is going to declare his, you know, re-election, another election campaign for 2024, and he is going to run as the Republican nominee. Here's where things get interesting to me. Mike Pence is actually the president of the Senate. Now, most of the time, that is just more of a ceremonial role than really a position of political power, unless he's just breaking ties between the Senate, which is why Kamala Harris would be so important to the Democrats as the vice president. Rick, if Mike Pence does not do every freaking thing that he can to ensure that Donald Trump serves his second term this term, do you think he will be the running mate with Donald Trump in 2024? 
That's what I'm really curious about here is, is seeing how this is going to play out with Mike Pence. That to me is the most intriguing part. The country could be on fire on Thursday. But I'm curious to see what happens with Mike Pence. Like, this is just like, it's like a fun, bad reality TV show for me. Like, the, the misadventures of Mike Pence. Like, he didn't sign up for this. I don't know if it's going to be the, the misadventures. I think you're looking at the exile of, <laughs> of Mike Pence. Or maybe self-imposed exile. I did of, see of that Pence. immediately following what is going to happen tomorrow... He is flying immediately to like Germany the next day. Hey, if you're looking for a safe place to fuck hang out, out of here, man, Germany is always the first place to go, right? It seems to be. We're uh, not even talking about fucking Assange and fucking shit today, man. No, but I, I kind of want to go back to what you had mentioned there. If Trump immediately declares himself and begins this four years essentially of campaigning. Yeah. Uh, to me, we are going to have Trump commentary on the entire Joe Biden presidency. Well, this goes back to uh, absolutely a, a dream come true for the the mainstream media platforms. Uh, hell, I guess for everybody uh, going down to us, the, the free minded open market media uh, dream come true is they're just going to fuel all the uh, the ammunition all the gasoline for the fires that they need for whatever their agendas might be for the next four years. To me, the bigger picture, what's is even scarier there. And I've mentioned this before, just kind of wishing at this point that Trump would step away a little bit, use this as an opportunity to reinvent himself. I, he could come out of this thing. He's going to he could come out smelling like roses, win or lose when it comes to his financial gain, his celebrity, which at this point is is much more important to him than anything financially. It is that that ego ego driven the the celebrity that's that's driving him. But what does it really do for the the mottos and the ideas that he's been preaching that he truly cares about America? Because all it's going to do is create a, a bigger divide. In, in prepping for the show, I didn't really consider that angle. I, I mean, I was really asking, okay. Where do the Democrats, what the most important thing for Biden to do when he goes in in his inauguration speech is is just not speak to his supporters, not to just speak to the to the left. He needs to begin reaching out to the to the right. Those that feel very alienated that, that are going to be broken. He needs to begin, begin, you know, building these bridges. I think if, if what you laid out there, Jargo, if that comes, if that's what we see happen. If Trump declares himself. You know, his candidacy for 2024, I think you see, you truly see the demise of the Republican Party. I think they jump off of it. They want to move away from it. He'll run under an independent platform. You'll see the launching of a campaign for a, a new party of sorts. And you'll, you'll completely just strip down any and all support numbers you have of the Republican Party. Well, I think the other thing that's interesting that we're seeing going on with the, the impending inauguration of president biden is we're seeing kind of the same thing on the left where the progressives do not feel that they are getting a big enough seat at the table and i could absolutely see a split between the socialist party of america and the democratic party i could see that happening in the immediate future as well because there's people like bernie sanders who are fucking pissed 
that you know, progressives are just not being given well, you know, uh, these cabinet positions and whatnot. And I, on both sides, you're seeing these cracks. And, and to what I was speaking to, you know, if, if Biden and there's probably a lot of individuals that aren't like minded as I am, that are those that are fall under the umbrella that you're mentioning there, that we're not giving them anything. This is our turn. We we demand that dirty D word, not Democrat, deserve. That's that's their motto. We deserve this. Those individuals, they don't want Biden reaching out to me. Right. They don't want to build a bridge. Right. They want me. They want. They me want you incarcerated island. because you voted for Donald Trump. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, there just, are those people out there. Well, it, it, you, you get put into that. I voted conservatively. I, I voted for financial responsibility. I voted for support of our military, and I voted in the hopes that someone would pull their head out of their ass and fix our education system. And that's not forgiveness of debts. And that's not freebies and handouts and no child left behind. That is stripping it down, getting back to core education, teaching people to be self-dependent, open-minded, and, and truly get us on the back track on, on the right track. That's what I voted for. It just so happened that that was attached to Donald Trump. But you're right. Uh, I did, just not on an island. They, they want us locked away. They, they want us forgotten. Q camps. It's a thing. Google that. Q camps. Yeah, that's that sounds fun. It, 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 it sounds like it'd be ran by, you know, somebody like Ben Hamid. You know, it's fucking crazy. Lock you up in the fucking bunker and shit. Uh, Huckleberry, we could go on about this for another like three hours, but you know, I, I don't want the show to be that long because I'm still on vacation, but, but I, I gotta, we gotta talk about the mink. We've got to talk about the mink because as the dude would say, some new shit has come to light, man. So we know operation warp speed has delivered us this miracle RNA DNA manipulation vaccine in absolute record time. And one of the things that I have been wondering about is what steps were skipped when it comes to vaccine testing, because, you know, we, we kind of rushed this thing along, but which I understand global pandemic, I, we got to change some of the rules. Okay. I, I, I can get down with that. But one of the steps that they skipped is animal testing. And it has come to light that when they test these vaccines, one of the things that they test these vaccines on is ferrets. And Rick, they've been looking for a coronavirus vaccine for literally like 70 years. Going back to the 1950s, they have been looking for a coronavirus vaccine. Now, that sounds crazy to people, but what we have to realize is the common cold is actually a coronavirus. And we've never been able to come up with the cure for the common cold. So we've been looking for this vaccine and we've found some very, very interesting prospects. Over the course of the years, especially in the 80s, we were finding some great prospects for a coronavirus vaccine. The only problem was every time it would get to the animal testing and they would start testing the vaccine on these mink, or I'm sorry, on these ferrets, the ferrets would be cured. 
The only problem was then they would get uh, encounter a wild coronavirus and they would get it like 10 times worse than they should and they would all fucking die. Every fucking one of them. They died because of the vaccine, because the vaccine actually made the wild coronavirus worse. And that is the step that we skipped with these RNA vaccines. Now, Rick, I, I, I mix those two animals up because mink and ferrets are very, very similar when it comes to their genetic structure and how their biological systems work, they're basically the same animal, just two different breeds. Rick, wouldn't it be weird if like a whole like population of mink got vaccinated and just died? Wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't it be weird if in Oregon, they would be getting worried because some mink had come into a wild coronavirus strain and and they all died. That that would be so weird. If only that maybe had happened somewhere in the world. Now I'm not saying I, I don't trust their vaccines, man. I don't trust them. This sounds like this could be a real fucking problem. And again, you know, this is where, you know, so many and, and you have the, the different opposing sides here, the, the presentations of these agendas. And, and I don't think a lot of people are really getting down to the, the core of this thing and asking these kinds of questions. They're not diving in. OK, what was the process here? You're simply telling me that, you know, this and a mask and distancing, but I need to know the actual facts behind the studies and the process in, in how you have gotten to the point where you are ready to give this to the masses in not just here in the States, but I mean, we're seeing this around the world. And there's a lot of people that feel that way. And there's a lot of people like me who just plain don't trust their vaccines to begin with. And the result is not nearly as many people getting the vaccine as they feel should be getting the vaccine. So we might have to change the way we do this. That seems to be their attitude. So now it sounds like they may just, you know, force you to take the vaccine to do basically anything. You know, if you want to get on an airplane. Yeah. Did you, did you take the vaccine yet? Oh, you, you want to go to school? Oh, well, did you take the vaccine yet? Like, they can just basically make it impossible for you to live your life without the vaccine. And it sounds like that very well could be the direction we're going because people aren't just rushing out to get the vaccine because it's there. Because this is all bullshit. And we can, and obviously, I mean, we can go, we could go on show after show, hours upon hours diving into the conspiracy aspects here of, you know, if we're entering into a matrix S sort of society system, you know, it was simply, I mean, what it is, is they're looking here. It's, it's a scarlet letter of sorts. It, it's, it's not the brand that we're used to in business sense. It's like cattle branding where they are simply trying to label you. 
Uh, but actually, you know, but so many people getting ups- upset about this thing, you know, about your liberties, your rights, and, and all of this. Let's get into the deep, the deeper issues here, and, and it goes back to corporate control. This, these, these are marketing ploys. These are controlling your financials. You have bigger picture items going on here. So those at that very top, the cream of the crop, that are you know scooping it off that that very top there, they're the ones making the say here. They're the ones with the stroke. You were talking about the common cold there, Jared. I just on a quick search here, just kind of perked my interest. Uh, the common cold. We have no cure for this, correct? Correct. Okay, and here could play into this thing. Uh, every year, over a hundred million physician visits that equal out to over eight billion dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's like I was telling you about that new miracle drug that I'm going to start taking for my tinnitus, right? You know, where they they one doctor basically came out and said, "Yeah, we don't mass market this." Because the last thing we want to do is cure it because tonight as results in like a $20 billion industry, when you get into medications and hearing aids and, you know, sound therapy, it's like a $20 billion industry. We don't want to cure that. We don't want that to go away. We don't want the common cold to go away, you know, and nobody's addressed that for me either. Like supposedly, right. If I get this vaccine, and the vaccine is going to kill the fucking coronavirus, that means I should never get another cold ever again. Never. I should never get a common cold. Ideally. Yeah. But they, they Do you don't really fucking that. believe that? I mean, come on. Come on. And, and, you, and you look there, you know, just this is, you know, when I thought that over 8 billion, that's just what they're attributing towards things associated with the common cold. Yeah. Uh, let's spin off and say, I mean, look at what, if they you could think come out they want to cure cancer, fuck off. They could not, they could absolutely knock this out of the park and eliminate that. I mean, you're, you're really, you're, you're destroying a, a, a fine, a financial staple of, of our global society inside the pharmaceutical and medical industry. Yeah. You think big farm is going to let that happen? Hell no. And you know how we control that? Look how much money Big Pharma is giving to these politicians down in Georgia. Follow the fucking money. That's part of the problem with this country. And I mean, how many times do I got to come on the show and scream about campaign finance reform? You know, I mean, fuck, right? Another industry they're looking to bail out. Fucking Hollyweird. Uh, good old Hollywood, man. I'd say it was, but real quick, you know, but everybody's just so occupied with that damn $602,000. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let, let's talk some real fucking money, right? Let's, here's your Hollywood update. Wonder Woman 1984. It's the number one movie in the country, Huckleberry. Five and a half million dollars it brought in this week, bringing its grand two week total to $28.5 million for the number one movie in the country. Number two, The Crudes at $2.2 million, $34.6 million in total. It's been out for six weeks now. New of the World, $1.7 million. I've never even heard of this fucking movie. It's only made $5.4 million in two weeks. That's why you've never heard of it. Probably. Rick, these numbers are awful. 
Let's go back to Wonder Woman 1984. $5.5 million this week. It's two-week total, $28.5 million. Rick, the budget for this film was $200 million. $200 million. It's brought in $28.5 million. Hollywood is in trouble. Now, when we talk about struggling industries, and we've regularly talked about, you know, look, you know, ones that, that were, you know, hit home to us, uh, me especially when we look at the service industry. Uh, but yeah, we're looking at industries that are feeling the crunch in serious trouble that absolutely, it's just not thinking outside the bubble. It's a need to burst it and completely reimagine how you completely handle yourself here. It's, it's the movie and entertainment industry. Going back to 2020, I looked up what was the number one film of 2020 in the United States domestically. Bad Boys for Life was the number one movie of 2020. It brought in $206 million. That movie came out in January. All right. So, so, so as, as we were operating under the norm. Right. But then, of course, the pandemic hit and, and that absolutely took a chunk out of what it actually could have made. That movie had a $90 million budget. All right. But they still made $206 million domestically. So let's go back to 2019 when everything was normal and peachy in the world. 2019 Avengers Endgame, one of the biggest movies in history when you go to the box office. $858 million is what Avengers Endgame brought in. But Rick, get this. The budget for this movie was $356 million fucking dollars. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, we were talking this week as we were just kind of going back and forth about topics of interest for the show. And it, this one kind of you know jumped out to me and I started picking your brain. I said, hey, we, we got to take this to the air. Uh, it, just even revisiting this conversation completely blows me away to we when we really look at what the investments behind these blockbusters, what they really entail. Yeah. Now, now Jargo, we kind of cut our private conversation off. I said, man, I, I want to save this. I, I, I want to get your raw reaction. Those real answers as we're sitting with recording. Where, where do you see this? this is more down your avenue. What are, what are the solutions? Well, and what, and, what answers are they looking for? What, how is this industry going to evolve? I, that's the thing that's crazy. Right. And so I, I, I got to, I clearly, they seem to think, that the answer is streaming because like wonder woman 1984 was also released. I believe it was on HBO max where you could go and you could watch that the same day that it was released in theaters. And they think that they're going to make up a whole bunch of money going that direction. All right. So that kind of brought me to, all right, let's talk about the biggest streaming service in the world. Let's talk about Netflix, right? Netflix, as I was looking this up, Netflix has 61 million subscribers domestically. So, like, what does that mean? They have 193 million subscribers globally. But The Irishman, right, which was Netflix's biggest movie to date, 
The budget for that movie was $160 million. 26.4 million people watched that movie the first week. So how do you equate that into box office? How do you know if people are going to actually watch this movie on Netflix, like, because, okay, so they make the next Avengers movie and it costs them, you know, $380 million to make it. That means that for Netflix to buy the rights to it, then to broadcast it, how many fucking subscribers do they think they're going to have to have? Or do they think the answer is going to be, we're going to start charging everybody $60 a month for Netflix? Like what? I, I, I don't know how these movies continue to be made at the scale and the budgets that they are, if we're going to go to these streaming platforms, I, I just, I don't see any way this can possibly continue to be profitable. Well, you know, I mean, you know, one of the things my immediate thought was, I mean, you just look at that difference and you take, you guys have a family of five, right? Right. So you guys go to the movies. That's $12 a pop. Uh, on top of concessions, I mean, you're lucky if you get out of there for a hundred bucks, easy, a hundred bucks. So now, until for that same Wonder Woman 1984, I don't know what the the rental price was, but just in I guess my small sample group, I assume group, that it was just included in HBO Max, which oh, yeah. is like it, it you know was, what, like twelve ninety nine a month it, or something it, like it, that. It, it actually was because I was just saying you know that small sample group of just my own little bubble and social media, the people that I've seen you know kind of critiquing it and it overwhelm it you know overwhelmingly it's got positive reviews, but you know it, they're sitting around with the whole family like you said. Tops, they're paying. They're paying just under thirteen dollars. And I know a lot of those individuals because this time of year there were so many free trials as they're trying to get people hooked onto this thing. So I mean, I guess that's here or there because you're hoping that they will stick around for just the thirteen dollars to have that. But that's a whole lot of bang for your buck that you've got to account for inside of, of the movie industry. And they and, have 12.6 million subscribers for HBO Max. This is a fairly new streaming service. And i tell you what's what's really, you know, we're just looking at the Hollywood aspect and, and really the, these big budgets and you start that trickle down, nearly that, that next step down or these Hollywood actors that are getting these tremendous paydays. But hey, let's, you know, let's go to that next step. It's it's the the theaters themselves, you know. You just do a quick a quick search here of how they are holding up during everything that's happening. It's one after another here. Uh, Regal Chain will close will close all 536 U.S. theaters. Um, Jesus. Here we go. Uh, another another group. 700 theaters. Uh, here we go. Another closing all of theirs. I mean, we are talking. And this is going into thousands. the thousands, thousands. A brick and mortar theaters are going to be closing, and you, you talk about all the people that they employ. Yeah, I mean, all, how, how many all, how many people make popcorn in this country? I mean, my well, God, the popcorn itself. Yeah, what is this going to do to those vendors? There's people that are in charge of delivering those things. I mean, we have got an incredible trickle down effect. It's greatly going to rock uh, one of the major industries inside of our society here. It's going to be incredible to see how they counter this thing. Again, it's just not going outside the bubble. It is completely bursting it. 
I, you're one of my favorite sayings in, you know, somebody in, in media that, that you and I both, I will say, you know, maybe look up to, but we're fans of, we, we study their work is Colin Cowherd. And so many years ago, one of the things that he, he has always said when I was first start listening to him, and it was really a life lesson was stay liquid. Don't get set in your ways. Always be able to move. Always be ready to adapt. Right now, everyone's in this panic, especially coming out of 2020. Oh, it's never been so bad. This is the worst the world's ever been. No, that's complete bullshit. Now, those that were just trying to survive, you're going to die. You need to plan to thrive. And you got to be able to be on the move. And and this is another industry that's going to have to kind of embrace that philosophy. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's going to be fascinating to watch that story as it plays out in 2021. Let's uh, let's go ahead, take a break, and uh, we'll be right back with Javid. Hey, guys. It's the Andrew Bello from the Humming Media Group podcast of the year, The Wednesday Locker Room and the former host and founder of the Next Level Wrestling Podcast. It's 2021, and it's time to kick out and leave the past behind us. Hameen Media Group starts the year off with over 2.25 million downloads, and our fan base is continuing to grow every day. Thank you for subscribing and sharing all of our channels, podcasts, and videos, and for standing strong with HMG in the face of ongoing censorship. We will always adapt and overcome any obstacles put in our way. We will overcome and certainly achieve even more success in the ever-changing digital landscape. Please make sure you're subscribed to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you to all of the Patreon.com slash Hameen Media Group subscribers, home of the Rip Rogers FR podcast, named by Patreons to be their favorite show on the entire Hameen Media Group network. More content, including marketing and podcasting seminars, watch-alongs from Hameen's career in 2CW, OVW, DCW, and more. When you subscribe to Patreon.com slash Media Group, you are the fuel that drives HMG's free shows for the entire community. We salute you and thank you for your continued support in 2021. We continue our year supported by our daily listeners and our local sponsors including ProWrestlingTees.com. Get the shirts of all your favorite Hameen Media Group wrestling personalities and support them directly. Greek God Papadon, Stevie Richards, Chris Silvio, SEG Shirts for Big Sal, and of course, Ben Hameen, Yala. Also, check out ZordosOliveOil.com. Make a healthy choice for 2021 when you cook with Zordos Ultra Premium Artisanal Olive Oil imported directly from Greece. Visit ZordosOliveOil.com today and taste the difference of an ultra-premium product for yourself. And wake up, bro. It's time to get the official Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Kick the day off right, bro, with a cup of Broaster's Coffee. The exclusive limited edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee is a medium-roasted Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that will have you up and ready to go, bro. Order yours exclusively at thebroasters.com. And it's 2021, and the Hameen Media Group staff are all committed to Stevie Richards Fitness this year and getting ourselves into the best shape we've ever been in. You've seen Big Ray's amazing transformation, and there are plenty of SRF members interacting right now, motivating each other for the new year. 
So don't worry about gyms and lockdowns. Let's get in shape together using our community for support and Stevie Richards Fitness to achieve our goals for 2021. Join us and visit StevieRichardsFitness.com for the most affordable and effective home workout program that will give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichards.com and RussoBrand.com where the pros are pros, bro. Hear the most valid opinions in wrestling from the pros who live it. No other podcasting platform and online wrestling punditry has the lineup of wrestling stars like RussoBrand.com. Stevie Richards, Disco Inferno, Shane Douglas, Just Incredible, Big Vito, Stevie Ray, Taylor Hendricks, Bin Hameen. And now there's even more shows on the way with a partnership with the two-man power trip. Why would you go anywhere else but RussoBrand.com? We thank you for listening and being an incredible community of wrestling-addicted, conspiracy-minded, straight-brim hat-wearing infidels. By the way, Bin Hameen wrote this copy, and I'm currently in a basement being held at gunpoint. He's already shot Adler's twice, and I hope this is the correct style of intro he was looking for. So enjoy the show, HMG listeners. Please, for the love of Stevie, enjoy the show. All right, back at it here. Hitting Marks Podcast. Man, I, I got to tell you, man, it's so nice and refreshing. You, you hear that that voice of Bello uh, truly is probably the, the most beautiful man on the Hameen Media Group platform, the uh, the god of thunder there from the, the award-winning Wednesday locker room. Man, you uh, better you know, watch right now, your big Ray come and kick your ass. I, I, I better be careful there. Ray is on the warpath. Uh, but you know what? Hey, I think we've got somebody. If, if I need some protection, if I need some backup, we got one of our other brothers from the Hameen Media Group. He is the the handicap specialist, the the host of Cage Theory. Uh, Javit JB coming to us uh, via via the uh, the workplace. The man never stops. Still making time for us here on the Hitting the Marks podcast. Javit, how you doing, brother? I am doing well. Thank you so much, Rick, for having me on the show. I appreciate it, man. Well, hey, you know, we've got some big things in the works over with the Hameen Media Group. We pretty much were developed a, an entire new division, and we're calling it the, the Hameen, the HMG, the season. Uh, essentially, what that's going to be is all of the tremendous, the, the pickums and the fantasy leagues that we have at the WWE and, you know, the MMA, basketball, football, Whatever the case might be, they're all going to fall under one umbrella now. And the the fearless leader that's going to take us forward is going to really bring all these groups together, get this thing off the ground. It, it's you, Javit. You, you got to be extremely excited about this opportunity. Can you let us in just just briefly on maybe some of the plans you have if, as you bring all these ideas together? Yeah, I mean, uh, already by itself, the Hami Media Group, uh, discussion group on Facebook is, is fabulous, but all this is, is is helping a little bit more engagement and maybe putting eyes on that may not necessarily be enthralled with wrestling or, or, or conspiracy or other things and maybe more enthralled with sports. This might kind of bring them over. So that's the plan. We're gonna, Like you said, we're going to do NBA. We're going to do NFL. We're going to do soccer and, and pretty much everything and try to get it all together. Yeah, I, I, it- very excited for it. Uh, and speaking of excitement, you've gone ahead and made the announcement 
Uh, you're going to, I'm sure going to roll out the, the official entry thread. Uh, you can find that over on Facebook, the Hameen media discussion group, just simply give a search Hameen media discussion group, but we, we have got the, the NFL playoffs wild card weekend set to kick off here. Now, and we've got the pick that's going to be ro- rolling over there, but Javid, I really want to bring you on. You are the uh, the handicap extraordinaire. Uh, I wanted to get some of your thoughts on these NFL games. Maybe you give us some some betting tips for the weekend. Maybe some locks. Uh, I'll kind of give it to you. Where do you want to jump into this? Yeah. Um. So unfortunately, as I mentioned, as you mentioned, um, I'm stuck at work, so I don't have any of my notes or anything. So if you can be so kind to just uh, tell me the lines. I think I remember them, but I believe, that, if I'm not mistaken, the Bills are minus six and a half favorites against the Colts. Is that correct? That, that, is, that is correct. Uh, I was going to say that was one of the first ones I was going to. Uh, in my mind, you got to be looking at this thing. You got to think the the Bills could handle this thing easily. Yeah. So, so one thing when it comes to handicap, so when it comes to any game, most casual people will say, "Okay, well, obviously the favorites are going to win because they're the favorites. They're they're the better team." But in betting, there's so many different things you have to look at, different trends and things like that. Now, I will tell you this: all the trends are actually looking towards the Colts. There are a couple different things that are looking at the Bills, but just to go get right off bat. My pick for this is going to be the Bills, and it's it's probably going to be my best pick of the week of all the all the games this weekend. Uh, the Bills covering the six and a half point spread. I just think the way I see this going is right now. I, I feel like the Colts. Uh, you know, Rivers is, is. I feel like Rivers is going to get pressured. I do feel like their strength is in their running, but the problem is if the Bills go up to an early lead, that takes away the running game and. And I see Bills sort of running away. Now, also another important thing to look at, um, when you're betting, you have to look at a lot of different things. And one of the things, very first things I looked at was the temperature. It's going to be about 25 degrees this weekend. And uh, that, that you know, that's a big factor right there to pay, play in that sort of weather. So that is a huge plus for the Bills side. Over under 51 and a half points in that game. Yeah, so the under is uh, under fifty one and a half. Uh, if I I have I didn't really look too much at the numbers, but if I had to throw out a guess, I would go with the under. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Bills possibly like a thirty one seventeen sort of score. So I would definitely take the under in that one. Yes, I, I just don't know anything that involves road football in January with Philip Rivers. I tend to just try to stay the hell away from. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if, 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 you're, if you're looking to back Philip Rivers, that's that's why I'm liking the Bills in that one. I, I can't agree with you more. You're you're absolutely correct uh, on the on the head on that. Now, one thing also uh, that a lot of people look at, a little more advanced betters look at, is where's the money at right now? Because usually where the money is at, you want to be on the opposite side. Because majority of the money is ca- the casual public. Right now, about sixty nine percent of the bets are coming in on the Bills. So, technically, I'm on the public side, which is not always a good thing, but I feel pretty confident in this, in this pick, even though I'm going with the public. Usually, you want to go against the public. Well, let's uh, let's go down the road from Buffalo. We head down to uh, into the deep south there, actually. Uh, we'll look at the public here. The Ravens are on the road, minus three, as they travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. So... As I looked at the whole the whole schedule, I tried to find an upset 
between all these uh, these matches just to make it, you know, sort of interesting. And this is the match that I think has the best chance of of the underdog winning. So my pick for this one is the Titans. The last time I checked, they were uh, it was a three point favorite. Did you? Is that what you said? Yeah. Three Minus three, but I would like to add in there right now. You know, Baltimore, one of the hottest teams in the league. Not just you know, just as we look at on paper with wins and losses, but they have they have covered five straight games on the spread. Yeah, they have they have covered that, and uh, I still think again by the numbers. And I really wish I had all my numbers with me. By the numbers that I see, I feel like the Titans are going to come away with this. Um, and not only are they going to cover the spread, I think they're going to just win outright as well. The thing I find interesting in this game is the opening line started Ravens minus four and a half. And now you're telling me it's all the way down to three. The money's got to be coming in on Tennessee. Correct. Well, well, no, you said well, exactly, exactly. Because the way line movement works, which you know, I'm sure you guys understand, but for your listeners, is... If money's coming in on a certain team uh, on the underdog, then the favorite uh, line will continue to go down. So uh, if it started at minus four and now it's minus three, come game time, when you're getting a lot of that sharp money, that that, that uh, really inside information money, it, this may even go down to something even closer. Uh, typically, it's not going to get any lower than maybe minus two and a half, minus two. I don't even think it'll go down to minus two. But if the if there is line movement, that's a good sign. All right, guys. Well, let's, uh, we got one more here in the AFC to cover with you. Uh, big rivalry game. Cleveland into the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. You know, we are celebrating here in Ohio, uh, but they find themselves they are they are dogs uh, plus six. Uh, well, Pittsburgh, the favorites here, minus six. As they're going to host, they got Big Ben back, and the Browns continue to be plagued by issues with COVID. Any any chance for the Browns to cover here? Um, I'm sorry. You said Pittsburgh are minus six? It's Pittsburgh right now sitting at minus six. Wow. Something happened because I've got the opening line minus three and a half. Well, here and no. here's exactly and here's what exactly happened is I alluded to there. Uh the Cleveland Browns continue to be plagued with COVID issues. Uh-oh. Something uh, major is going on. Um because let me tell you, in some books, I, I'm in multiple sports books. You can get a minus ten line right now on Steelers. Wow. Like it's high as minus ten. That's when you said minus six, and and Jarro said um, minus three. I didn't even know about that. So there's some major line movement there. So I would, if you could get minus six on Steelers, jump on that all over. Very nice. Well, it is it, it is funny here. We'll, we'll shift to the NFC real quick. As we know, we, we've got you up against the clock. We want to get these in. Greatly appreciate you being with us, Javit. Uh, we do have the line I'm showing here through CBS, uh, the Saints minus 10 as, as they've got the Bears, the two versus the seven seed. Saints at home minus 10 against the Bears. Uh, yeah, for that one, I'm definitely going to go with uh, the Saints. To, I know it's a you know it's a ten point spread, but I do like the Saints in that one. Um, again, there's there's numbers to back it up. Um, it's just that I don't. I really wish I had the numbers, but um, yeah, for that one, I'm gonna definitely going with the Saints minus ten. Uh, another big spread here, and this one, the home team is the dog, the the NFC East champion. Washington Redskins, they're going to be hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big Tom and his boys going to the Capitol. They are minus eight and a half. Uh, any hope for the, the football team from Washington to, to pull up a big upset here? 
So I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's very hard to go against Tom Brady, especially in playoff football. Um, the thing that worries me a little bit is that eight and a half point spread. Um, but again, it's Tom Brady. Uh, this is not no frills. This is not no betting trends. This is me all saying I'm going with Tom Brady. Well, I mean, do you, do you like the, the minus eight there? Are they going to cover there? The, the problem is that, and that's where the issue comes in. Now, I was, I would have preferred to see something more like a minus six and a half, at least a touchdown spread. But uh, due to the fact that uh, it is, it is Tom Brady, I still think that they do cover the minus eight and a half. It does worry me. But if I, if you were asking me what would I do in a real life and what I'm going to do, sometimes uh, you have to learn to just pass on a game and this is a game that i will be passing on only because the spread is that high now if if money starts coming in for some reason on washington and that line that line gets lower to under minus six and a half even though money's coming in on the on washington i'll be more than happy to go with the with uh, the box if it gets under minus seven but i don't really see that that happening such a big line movement so for me it's a pass but if, if you held a gun to my head and i had to choose I would take the Bucks and the points. Very nice. Well, we got one more there on the NFC side. The six-seeded Rams, they're going to be going to Seattle. The three-seed, we got a NFC West. Uh, this will be the third meeting, the rivalry between these two. Seahawks minus four. Where are you liking on this line? Yeah, I think this is going to probably be the most co- – what's the uh, over-under on this game, by the you way? You got 42. a 42 and a half. Yeah, Um. It- I was hoping it'd be bigger than that because I don't see this being a high-scoring game, but that's probably right about where it's probably going to be. Um, I I would probably take the Seahawks on this one. I didn't really look too much into this. I do know it's going to be a pretty closely contested uh, match. I do think it's going to be low score, in which obviously the over/under shows that it's under 42. Um, even though the over/under is so low, I would probably even look more at the under, even though it's at 42. Uh, I really see this when I first looked at this and I was capping this game. I was looking at it to be sort of a probably like a, a, a 17 to 10 or a, a 21 to 10 sort of thing. So uh, I would definitely go with the under if I had to choose one of those. All right, Jamie. Well, I, I've got you on the record here. We've got which which you suggested here for the NFL. We got one more big game I've got to ask you about here. And we're going to go to the college ranks. We've got the national championship next Monday. Now, in the semifinals, you were one for one. You, you got one up on, on Jargo and myself when you said the smart money was on Notre Dame to cover against Bama. And thanks to a, a mercy touchdown at the end, they were able to do so. Jargo and I were right in the Clemson-Ohio State game where you completely swung and missed. Uh, now we're looking at the national championship Alabama versus Ohio State. Right now, the line's sitting at Bama minus seven and a half. So, this is another one. Um, there's been some line movement. Before Ohio State even won against Clemson, there, uh, and this is pretty typical when we get towards the end of certain seasons, they already had a line between uh, uh, Ohio State and Alabama before they even won the game. Just have these lines, and at that time, Alabama was a minus nine favorite. But after uh, Ohio State completely wrecked uh, Clemson, that line moved to, and the last time I checked it, it was at minus six, I believe. But now you're saying it's minus seven now? Yeah, seven and a half, where I see it at. 
So it's 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 heading back towards towards uh, uh, Alabama. So look, I mean, it's Alabama. I mean, they're you know they've been a top team for how long now in college football? It's Nick Saban. Um, everything is leading toward for me is leading towards Alabama here. I do think because they beat Clemson in that fashion, a lot of people do think Ohio State is going to win. Um, but also in betting, there is something called overreactions. And I do think that them beating Clemson in that fashion, there's a little bit of overreaction. I do think that this line probably should have even been even higher than it is now. Um, I think minus nine probably would have been been a, a better line. So if you can get, you know, get uh, uh, Alabama at minus seven and a half, what I would suggest in this case is buy a point. And what that means is you can always make the line, sway the line in a, in a, in a factor to where if it's minus seven and a half, the juice, which is the amount you're paying to bet is a little bit higher, but you can bring that line up or down. So in this case, I would suggest bring that line down to minus seven. Uh, it's going to be a little, you'll pay a little bit more on the bet to win. However, if the Alabama only wins by a touchdown at worst case scenario, it's a push. Cause there's been so many times where it's a minus seven and a half or, or a minus nine and a half and something happens and they just, they miss it by a half a point. So I would suggest to bring this down to seven and I, I, I would, ha- I would go with Alabama here. Very nice. Well, Jamie, we know we, uh, you are up against the clock. Thank you for uh, the tremendous insight here. Uh, before we let you go, Anything you want to plug? What do you guys got coming up on, on Cage Theory? Anything for news on the playoff pickup you want to get out there? Yeah, so uh, it, I, I, if I'm correct, uh, this episode will be released on uh, Wednesday, uh, January, uh, what's that, January 6th. So, uh, yeah, so on the day of this episode, releasing, this will be the same day I'll be releasing the NFL uh pick them so look out for that on the Hami media discussion group page on facebook and uh yeah i just want to plug cage theory for all uh, you know mma um ufc news reviews previews everything uh myself and my my brother uh blake bulletproof troop uh we're on that you can catch that also on the Hami media uh uh platforms which i'm sure you guys will plug as well uh towards the end of your show and whenever you usually do it and uh yeah man um that's pretty much it uh big Big UFC fight coming up this month. Conor McGregor uh, will be fighting Dustin Poirier. So uh, if you're a UFC MMA fan, definitely check that out. And even if you're not, it's Conor McGregor. Let's let's just pay to watch somebody punch him in the face. Yeah, even if you don't care about the fight, watch the promotional work leading up to it. I mean, Conor McGregor is money. JB, thank you, sir. We'll let you get back to work. I wish I didn't have to. I wish you could stay on here and talk with you guys. But yep, yeah, work calls me. Fuck you, get out of my face. Watch your feet from outer space. Kick the shit right out of you. Leave you in the rear view. I told you once before. You gotta piss me off. Oh yeah. And after tonight, the world's gonna know my name. Now they'll call me. Mr. Motherfucker. Mr. Motherfucker. Mr. Motherfucker. Mr. All right, Rick. So I, we're back from a second break. 
I, I don't know what I'm going to put in there, but you know, we, we had to come back to wrap up the show. Thanks to JB. He, he came on, basically, he went a lot longer than we had thought, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. It, it was just we got a longer segment out of it than we had ta- thought, so we're not really going to do an HTM Sports this week. I, I, I'm looking forward to tonight, man. Tonight's the night I'm looking forward to because me and Quinn are going to sit down and watch the Lakers because she wants to sit down and watch the Lakers with Daddy. So I'm excited for that. I don't even give a fuck who we're playing. I think it's Memphis. Well, I'd say that that is a, a surefire winner. Uh, Absolutely. So, we don't care what the the odds are. That's going to you know in the favor of that being a good time. Uh, place all your all your money on that bet there. But hey, you know some great information there from from Javit, and especially as we get you know kind of into the bulk. This is the hot, you know, sports betting season here. We, we got big fights. We got big football. NBA starting to really pick up here. Uh, we're going to have to have him back on. Uh, some tremendous insight there as we get geared up here. It's it's going to be a, a wild weekend in the NFL for the wild card. Man, can you, can you imagine how much State Farm would love to have Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl? I mean, come on. It might as well be the Super Bowl presented by State Farm. It'll be ridiculous. Hey, big and hey, you talk about a uh, return on investment, right? Man. Big dollars for that big payday. They are going to be loving this thing. I just wish the Packers would have drafted a good backup quarterback like five fucking years ago, man. Like, where's this Aaron Rodgers been? Holy shit. Guy's playing out of his mind. Yeah, Pack absolutely one of the favorites. Are, is, are they your favorite here? I know we were going to cut a little short, but real quick, we'll, we'll we'll get it. Are they your favorite from the NFC? Chiefs from the AFC? Um, Chiefs definitely from the AFC. Green Bay, man, I just, you know, I I think there is a certain amount of apprehension when it comes to Green Bay in the playoffs because we all feel that you know Favre should have gotten more than what he got. Rodgers has only gotten one ring over this incredible run of his, like, and now, you know, like David Bakhtiari's going down and it's just like, you're kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. That's very much how green Bay fans feel. And I'm just, I'm looking at fucking Seattle and I'm just like, it's frantic fan syndrome. You're just, you're setting yourself up for almost failures that you don't have that disappointment, but you, Green Bay's playing out of their mind right yeah. now. And as we talk about, as I, you know, I said earlier, I'm kind of becoming a fan of this seven team structure and it's in large part to the, the importance that emphasis on that number one in controlling home field throughout these playoffs. That is a big deal. Fans are no fans. We saw that atmosphere just weather-wise last week in Green Bay. I don't think anybody's looking forward to that, but I do agree with you, Jargo. The the one team on the radar could be the Seahawks. And man, Russell Wilson has broken our heart before. <laughs> like this, this is, there, there's something about Russell Wilson and that Seattle team that Packers fans just like, nope. Don't like that. And I just don't I, like that. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I think they're going to be, that is the NFC championship game, Packers, Seahawks. But if you look at the road and how that would play out, I just don't know how much that the Seahawks, how much gas they're going to have left in the tank after having to go to New Orleans and win big on the road. If things would play out, I mean, that's would be where they would be anyway, as either Tampa 
or Washington would be heading to Green Bay. I think Packers fans everywhere are pulling for the New Orleans Saints to make it to the NFC Championship game. NFC Championship in Lambeau, give us the Saints. I, I, I believe so. I mean, it's just uh, safer, but the way I see it there, uh, I think it's I don't want to face clear. fucking Brady. I don't want to face fucking Wilson. Like, you know, these guys with that playoff fucking magic, man. You'll, you'll have, I think but you're going to do that. You're, I, I think you're going to see Brady and Wilson. I think the Packers come <sighs> out of this thing. I got Packers and Chiefs. That is my Super Bowl. Uh, that's, that's what you got there. And that would be an incredible run. The, the Chiefs are just going to destroy everybody, right? Like, I, I mean, th- this doesn't even feel like it's a competition to me. Like, Kansas City just feels like they are b- far and away the best football team playing football right now. I mean, they just do. I, I think, you know, on that AFC side, I think we get a rematch. I think you see a uh, red-hot Ravens going back there. I see them making a, a game of it. Is there anybody else in the NFC that you feel like could even put up a like a puncher's chance against the Chiefs right now? I'm not even sure that any of them can. Just because I, mean, I got the Packers, just because I got the Packers going, doesn't mean I believe that they're going to give them anything. Do you, do do you trust the Titans at all? Like, is there something to being a run first football team in January? You just like feed them the fucking ball eat the clock, and just beat them up football. I mean, we saw it last year. They damn near got Kansas City. I, I don't I don't even like the Titans getting out of that first round here. Is you've got, the, you know, as I said there, the jab, it, the Ravens have covered, you know, these five last games. And I know we're just talking about that betting-wise. You go look at how they have been playing in those last five weeks. Uh, offense just, clicking I, on all cylinders, and their defense is absolutely ferocious. I, I think you know they're going to give up that hundred plus on the ground, but they're going to shut they're going to shut the Titans down when they're trying to get into the end zone. I mean, it's kind of the perfect storm for Tennessee, right? Because the Ravens are overly aggressive on defense, and the Titans can just beat them up, run the fucking rock, and guess what? They can't beat you if they ain't got the ball. If Lamar ain't caught the ball, they can't beat you. And the problem with that is, though, they don't need it that that long because they're so dynamic and they're impactful. They're explosive. They're going to make their plays count. I, I, I'm going with, I think the Ravens run away with a W in Music City. That's, I, th- that's the game I really want to watch. Uh, pacing is going to be everything in that game. Absolutely. All right, well, there you go. We, we did get a little bit of HGM sports in there for you. So I'll wrap up this week's show. Call it good. Huckleberry, I guess we should tell people that you can still find us over at the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. Hameen Media online, hackerhameen.podbean.com, hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. I hear that they have one hell of a personality of the year over there at hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. Waiting for my award to show up. Uh, you can find me across social media platforms at not Jargo. Chances are I will be awake and live tweeting New Year's Dash. I'm not sure if I'll have this show out before New Year's Dash or not, but you know, hey, you never can always sometimes tell as a wise man once told. Huckleberry, what do you got going on? Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? 
Well, hey, again, just want to reiterate all the exciting things that we have going on over involved with the Hami Media Group. As you said, you, you can pick up the, the core shows at hackerhami.podbean.com. You can get, pick us up with the other incredible affiliate programs at hamimediagroup.podbean.com. We've also just recently, we are in a soft open, our, our brand new partnership with the, uh, the king of the streets, bringing the heat, Stevie Ray. Uh, we're going to help him out with some of his projects and his Patreon, MSG, kind of heading those efforts. Uh, but yeah, some exciting times there. And as, as we begin to look for some other bigger announcements coming out with some, I don't, I don't want to say bigger, but as we grow our partnerships, uh, of course, we, we've got the, the NFL playoff pick them over on Facebook. You can find that in the Hami Media Discussion Group on Facebook. Yeah, me for myself, uh, you can keep up with everything I've got going on at The Real RBV. Find me across all social media there. RBV eats out Cincinnati. Yes, it is coming, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a new feature. It's going to be coming at you in, in blog and even vlog form. We're working on those graphics this week, but it's just right around the corner. Yes, you've heard it right. It's a new brand, RBV Eats Out. And we're going to begin launching that with RBV Eats Out Cincinnati. More specifically, RBV Eats Out Cincinnati Wing Week. So it's, a, it's going to be a hell of a way to kick it off there. You, you, you know what it's going to be. Hot, hot wings and some RBV action, baby. You, you know what it's going to be when it gets to the V-Log, right? It's gonna be a curvy chick party!